So my wife and I, when we were dating and engaged in the early years of our marriage, we every once in a while would decide to just go up to her parents on a whim. Uh, while we were still at college, uh, we basically had Friday afternoon all the way through Tuesday off. Uh, and so we would, uh, when, we f- when we got done Friday, would decide, hey, let's go to your parents' house and, and surprise them. Uh, and we wouldn't tell them that we were coming. And so we would go and we would ring the doorbell and we'd say, surprise! And they'd be like, yay! I think they were excited. They acted excited, so I'm assuming they were. Uh, and, and after doing this a couple of times, we decided, let's, let's have some fun with this, all right? And so I remember one, one weekend in particular, we, we didn't park on the street. We parked around the corner in a cul-de-sac, and we came up to the doorbell, and we rang the doorbell. And the moment we rang it, we ran across the street and hid behind a car. And, and her sister, Erica, comes out and looks and is like, no one's here. What was that? And she goes back in, and we waited. We could... They had this huge window, and so you could see them, and they would wait for them to get into the back room, and then we would run back up, and we'd ring the doorbell and run back around, and, and we did this a couple of times until finally her dad decided to just barrel out of the house. He came running. We barely made it across the street in time as he comes out of the house, and he starts marching down the sidewalk, trying to figure it out, and if you know her, her dad at all, he doesn't just stay on his side of the street. He walks over to the other side where we're hiding and starts walking up and down that street trying to figure out who it is. And so we're hiding behind this car, and we're like getting down, and we're like crawling underneath the car, trying not to be seen. And it was at that point in time we decided he probably was going to call the cops next time we do this, so we uh, decided to show them who we were. Uh, And we did this uh, just as a fun thing. We don't do it now. We have five kids. It's a little bit harder uh, to just surprise them. Um, And so... But we did this because it was fun for us, and, and like I said, I think they were excited about it. Uh, in our lives, every once in a while, we have uh, expected guests that come into our lives, but then we have a lot of unexpected guests, people that we didn't invite, people that just randomly show up, and in our lives, they can change us for the better. Uh, in the Christmas story, there is a lot of unexpected guests that appear, and so what I want us to do over the next couple of weeks is to look at some of these unexpected guest stories uh, that we see in the Christmas story. Uh, the first one I want us to look at is found in Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open up. Uh, starting in verse 26 is where we're going to be today. Uh, and to kind of set the scene as you're, you're finding this passage, uh, the land of Israel was in a very tense, high expectancy, waiting for the Messiah. It was one of those hopes that everybody had. They were, they were excited about, they were looking forward uh, to what God was going to do in this. And a lot of this was a result of them being a nation. They wanted to rule themselves. But the Babylonians had come in about 550 years before this, and they had uh, basically taken the Israelites and sent them off into exile. And so for 550 years or more, they have been living not as ruling themselves, but being ruled by somebody else. There was the Babylonians, there were the Persians, and the Persians let them go back home, but they still were under the thumb of the Persians. Uh, The Greeks came in and conquered the Persians and ruled uh, the Israelites then. Uh, There was a short period where the Israelites ruled themselves, but they never had that king that they were looking for. And now... Uh, at the time that we're going to be reading, the Romans are there. 
And so there's this, there's this longing within the Jewish people for a king from the line of David to rise up and to overthrow those who were oppressing them, to become king, to rule the people again. And so it's into this background that we read this story of Jesus. Uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, we read this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Uh, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, and he, she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Uh, so basically, this angel comes to this lady by the name of Mary, and she's living in this little town of Nazareth. Uh, Nazareth was, was really a podunk town. It was off the beaten path. There was not very many people there. Population uh, was relatively small. And yet, it's to this lit town that the angel comes, and he meets this lady who's found happiness. You know, she is engaged to be married. All right, and, and the engagement that they had was a lot different than our types of engagements. When we get engaged, you can break off that engagement, and it happens from time to time. And it's relatively easy, right? You just say, I'm not marrying you, and we're done. All right? and, but in that society, it was a lot different. Once you're engaged to be married, you technically, legally, were married to them. All right? You just didn't do all the things that married people do. All right, and so you just had to wait a year. It was a year until they formally uh, got finished to be married. And so engagement was significant. It was important. And the only way to truly break off an engagement in that society was to get a divorce. All right, and so that's kind of where she's at. She's in this place where she's about to be married to a man. She's legally already there. Uh, she's just waiting for the formality of it all. And the angel comes to Mary and he says, you are highly favored. And Mary's puzzled by this. Mary doesn't do uh, what normal people in the Bible do when an angel comes to them. Okay, When you read about angels appearing, a lot of times the people just fall down because they're in awe of the angel. Yet Mary, she's listening to the angel. She's like, huh, I wonder why he said that. I mean, it's a very interesting to see Mary do this. Okay, uh, But she's very curious as to why he would say that. And Honestly, it's a weird greeting, right? If you went up to somebody and said, hey, favored one, they'd probably look at you strange. All right? And so that's kind of what's happening here is, is Mary is getting this weird greeting. You know, we say, hi, how are you doing? That, that's a normal greeting for us. So it's just a strange greeting. And that's kind of why she said, it says that she's puzzled here. And then the angel gives her news. And the news is that she's going to have a child. And this is going to cause some problems in her lives. And it's probably very troubling for her to hear this. All right, first off, uh, in her society, to be pregnant outside of wedlock had some serious con uh, problems. All right, one of the things that could have happened is they could have easily stoned you. All right, and one of the reasons for that is because she's engaged to Joseph. 
And who in the world is going to believe her when she says, hey, an angel came to me and said I was going to get pregnant? I mean, that, that's just, we, we think she's kind of nuts, right? All right? And so that's not going to be an excuse that a lot of people are going to accept as, uh, they're probably thinking that she's hiding something. And, and so there's going to be two opinions of Mary at this point. One, either her and Joseph got together before they were officially able to. And if that's the case, then both of them are going to have a stain on their reputation as good, godly people. Uh, the second is, if Joseph denies this child as his, he has every right to punish her according to the law. And so it could be that she is known as an adulteress for the rest of her life. And so this is going to radically change who Mary is and how she lives. The second way that this is going to radically change her life is the idea that this son that she is going to have will take the throne of David. You know, the Israelites, they were longing for this. But just because the Israelites were longing for this doesn't mean the entire world was. In fact, there were probably two people in particular who were not very excited about this. Right, one would have been a guy by the name of Herod. Uh, Herod was king of the area at that time, and Harry, Herod was an extremely wicked person. Uh, Herod thought that his sons were plotting to overthrow him and take the kingdom for themselves. So you know what Herod did? He killed his sons, his own sons. This is how bad Herod was, okay? He knew that the Jewish people would rejoice when he died. And so what he decided to do was to arrest a number of elders of Israel, men that people looked up to, and he brought them back to his palace, and he gave orders that when he died, these men were to be killed so that the people of Israel would mourn when he passed. He's not a good guy. And if he had found out that there was this child who God had said would be the Messiah, who was claiming to be the king on David's throne, Herod would have him killed. So there's one person, at least, who doesn't like this idea. The other person that probably doesn't like it is the Roman Empire. I mean, the Roman Empire had conquered this people, the Israelites, and they had worked with them over and over again, trying to get them to submit. Right, they, they even passed a law that said if you're a Jew anywhere in the empire, you don't have to work on the Sabbath. And that, that, that was for every rank of, of people, okay? And so if you're a Jewish, you didn't have to work one day of the week. Well, everybody else did. And so everybody else that has to work every single day is looking at the Jew on the Sabbath day and saying, you know what? I don't really like that. Why do they get to do that? And so there, there's a lot of animosity towards the Jewish people in general. But the Romans tried and tried to work with them. But over and over and over again, the Jews constantly rebelled against Rome. And almost every time that there was a Jewish rebellion, the person that was spearheading the rebellion was somebody claiming to be the Messiah. Someone claiming to take the throne of David. And so for the Romans to hear that there is a Messiah coming, they would not have been excited about this. And so we have Mary who's getting this news that is not only going to affect her life, but it's going to affect the life of her child. And it would have been troubling. There would have been things there that would have caused her to worry. 
Sometimes in our lives we get troubling news like this. Sometimes we get these news that, that's rather unexpected and it radically changes how we live. Maybe it's the news that we or someone we know has cancer. And the life that we thought we were going to live is now changed by the fact that we have to have treatments. Sometimes the news that we get is an unexpected pregnancy. You know, maybe we, we weren't really planning on it happening, but it happened. And it radically changes how we live because now we have another child in this world that we need to take care of. Sometimes the unexpected news that we have is that a, a loved one has passed away. And this person that we thought we had more time to spend with, now they are not there, and we're left wondering about the time that we squandered with them. Sometimes we get troubling news like this, and when we get troubling news, it often can lead to doubt about whether God is truly in control. And Mary, I think, has a little bit of doubt here because she says this, starting in verse 34. Uh, she responds to the angel by saying, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High, He will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Uh, Mary asked this question, how will it be? And I think there's doubt there. It's, she's not doubting whether it's going to happen. She's not asking, are you sure? All right. Or she's not asking if it's going to happen. She's asking, how is this possible? And we have moments like that in life, right? We're left asking, how is this possible? How did this happen? I have it in my life, uh, the house that we're currently living in, uh, it was sold three times or two times on the market right before we got it. And both of those times, within like a two-week period, uh, the, the contract fell through. So somehow we got this house that, that we were desiring, and yet it was amazing how it all happened. We're left with that question, how could this be? I look at my life and I look at where I went to college as one of those moments of how did this work out? You know, I, my dad wasn't too excited about paying for a degree in ministry. And so uh, my first choice school, I knew I had to get so much scholarships. And so I worked and I remember sitting in my uh, senior class as they were giving out all the different scholarships in high school. And I was waiting for that one scholarship that I knew that I had to get if I was going to go to college. And it, I didn't get it. I didn't win it. And I remember that next day getting a letter from Central saying I could get a full tuition scholarship, and I thought I was special. But come to find out they give it to everybody. <laughs> but the only reason I went to Central was because of that letter. The only reason I met my wife is because of that letter. The only reason I'm standing here is because of that letter. How can it be that God works in those ways? It's amazing. And I think Mar Mary is asking this question, how is this going to be? Because it's, it's a marvel that this is what's going to happen. And the angel, he, he doesn't give it a response, right? He just says the Holy Spirit's going to do it. Essentially what he says is God is God and God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. It's going to happen. And so Mary is left in this 
response, and, and, and she gives a great response after the angel says this to her. She says, I am the Lord's servant. You know, even in this midst of troubling news, in the, even in this midst of probably doubt in her life about how this is all going to happen, what it means for her, where her life is going, she still is willing to serve. I am the Lord's servant. You ever left with those questions, how can it be? You see, so often in life we have plans, right? We know where we want to be in five years or ten years or where we're wanting to go. And we know we're in point A and we want to get to point B. And we oftentimes put steps on how we're going to get there. But when these unexpected news come, those when our plans just kind of go out the window, Right? Where we thought we were going to be, it's no longer possible. Or if it is possible, it's going to take a lot more steps than what we thought it was going to be. And we're left with that question, how is it that this is happening? Why is this happening to me? What is going on? And a lot of times we don't have answers for this. See, a lot of times we get stuck in the picture of where we're at, and we're not able to see the bigger picture of what God is doing. And so we are left questioning and doubting. How is it that God's going to take care of this? And we're often left in these big messes, with these big mistakes, with these broken relationships, with these broken lives. How is God doing this? And when we're in these moments, we don't know what the next step is, where the next place we're to go. We're just left wondering, how can it be? The angel gives Mary a glimmer of hope. Because even in the midst of this news that he's giving her, he tells her about Elizabeth. And he says, your relative Elizabeth is pregnant. She's been pregnant for six months, but... News hasn't traveled to Podunk, Nazareth yet. I mean, you got to remember that they don't have Facebook where they post everything about their lives on it, right? right? They don't really have email. They don't have a good postal system to send letters. And Elizabeth, uh, at her age and, and the one of her first child, uh, only child, uh, she probably went into hiding the moment she found out she was pregnant. And so news just hasn't gotten there. So this is brand new news to Mary. And so what does Mary do when she hears it? She goes to Elizabeth. And she travels all the way to Elizabeth. We read about it in verse 39, which says, uh, At that time, Mary got ready. She hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home, and she greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped from her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary comes in and she says, hey, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth turns around and we're told that she's filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, this, this phrasing is an Old Testament phrasing where God gives the Holy Spirit to certain people in certain times to do certain things. 
Uh, we read about it with the judges. They were given the Holy Spirit to lead the people of Israel from the oppression that they were facing. We read about it with the, the early kings, with Saul and with David, given the Holy Spirit to lead the Israelites into this new nation. We read about it with the prophets as they speak prophecy for the Lord. And Elizabeth is placed in this same category. When the Holy Spirit is placed on her, she is inspired to bless Mary. And in response, Mary goes into poetry. And we're not going to read it. You can read it later. It's called the Magnificat. It's one of the most beautiful psalms in the New Testament. And in it, Mary just sits there and starts to recount all the ways that God has blessed her. And here's what I think is happening. I think that Mary in this moment is very worried. You know, she's very scared about the future. She, she's turning into mama bear, right? And she's worried about her child and how God is going to get her through all these obstacles that seem to be in her way. And so she goes to Elizabeth because honestly, hearing news from a stranger like the angel gives Mary is very different from hearing news from someone that you trust and love. And so she goes to Elizabeth and she wants to have affirmation of what's happening in her life and she's going to find security through elizabeth and when elizabeth blesses her mary's whole demeanor changes one from one of worry to one of trust that god is in control and so she recounts all these blessings in her life and I think the reason why she recounts the blessings in her lives is this. is because God's blessings for us eases our doubts. See, when we're in these moments of trouble, when we have troubling news and we're not sure what the next step is for us, when we sit back and we remember that God has taken us from point A to where we're at now, then God is able to take us the next step. And when we recount the blessings in our lives, we have easements and the doubts that we have. We know that God can take care of it. Mary recounts everything. She remembers how God has taken the Israelites from Egypt and brought them to this promised land and how God promised the Messiah to lead the people. And that gives her the strength to face this task that she thought she couldn't do. She's willing to try it, but there's worry and doubt. And in the midst of our doubts, if we can remember the ways that God has blessed us, then we can get through it too. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, if you have a bulletin, there is a little insert sheet that's the sermon notes. And what I would like you to do this afternoon is just to pause for a moment and write on that sheet all the ways that God has blessed you. And then when you face those moments of doubts, when you face those moments where you don't know how you're going to take the next step, where you don't know how you're going to get to where you want to be, pull that sheet out and remember the ways that God has blessed you. And if you'll do that, I guarantee you a lot of those doubts will be erased because you know that God is for you. And God is working for your good.